and Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we're just going to read a few verses there. Uh, then we'll be going over into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, we'll be looking through quite a number of verses there as well. So Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we're going to read from verse 4. Lord, we just pray tonight that you'd help us, that you would touch us, that you would anoint us, that you would give us ears to hear, give us understanding. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would just anoint your word tonight and bring it so real to us, the revelation of it to our hearts, that this body would function, Lord, that your spirit would move, that the gifts would be awakened, that your power would be uh, released, Lord, in this room tonight, Lord, that we would go beyond our comfort zones and we'd step in, Lord, to everything that you have for us as a body. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians 4 and uh, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. I just stop there for a moment. We're going to go over into 1 Corinthians chapter 12 if you want to turn over. And just by way of recapping and introduction tonight, uh, we were looking at this verse that we just read, but unto every one of us in the body of Christ, those that are born of the Spirit have been baptized uh, by the Spirit into the body of Christ. And to every one of us is given grace that is not something earned, that is the unmerited favor of God that God has given to every person who is saved in this room. And for those that aren't saved, I pray tonight that even there be a desire awakened to get right with God and to fulfill the purpose and the plan of God for your life. But here we see that God has given every one of us according to the measure of the gift of Christ. In other words, according to the wonderful work of the cross and the fulfillment of everything of what Christ has attained for us through his death and through his burial and his resurrection and key and important, his ascension, that through that, that by the grace of God, he has given to every person who saved a measure. And it's what we do with that that's important, that activate that measure that we have been given through faith to function as God has purposed us to function. I want to say here just at this point so that you know that I believe that we have probably not even got our toe into the water to the fullness of what God wants to do and purpose to do in our lives. That should uh, create a desire within us that there is so much more in Him that God wants to bring the revelation of that to every one of us to bring us deeper into a place with himself and to operate the Holy Spirit, to operate in us and through us for the glory of Christ, for the edifying of the body of Christ, and Christ would be seen in his church manifesting his great power and his glory. So the reality is, and this is what I believe, that we haven't even stepped in to the waters, and there's waters to swim in. There is so much more. And as we go through these scriptures and look at these gifts and ministries that have been given to us by the grace of God, remember, this has been given to the body by God's grace, 
That means that you cannot earn this. It is given to us through Christ and what He's attained for us on the cross, and it is brought to us by the power of the Spirit of God. So we are not here in that sense to try to work something, to make something happen. God, Christ, has already purchased this for the body, and it's the body's responsibility to respond. We must respond to the Word of God and exercise faith in God and obedience to His Word, and the Spirit of God will stir up the gift that every person has in this room. There's a diversity of that, but every person has it. That's what the Word of God says. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to look at an oversight, I suppose, the different aspects of giftings, callings, ministries. There is so much that are in and should be functioning in the body of Christ. And there's so much that aren't functioning in the body of Christ. So 1 Corinthians 12 and 3, Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now verse 4 says these words, Now there are diversities of gifts, but there's the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now, just stop for a moment. We're going to break these few verses down. The manifestation of the Spirit, the working of these gifts, the working of these operations, The working of these administrations is by the Spirit of God and it is to profit the body of Christ. So if we take the negative for a moment, if those giftings in the body do not function, then the body suffers. It's not reaching its full capacity and that would be that God had purposed it to do. So if you're here, you're saved, You're born again. You've been baptized into the body of Christ through that new birth. God has given by the grace of God into your life giftings that would profit not just you, but the whole body. And if then that function does not take place in the body, it's simply very like in the physical sense, a man or a woman who has suffered a stroke. There is a part of the body then does not operate And it affects then the entire body. And we've all seen someone who's tragically suffered a stroke. One part, one limb, a left arm or a left, that doesn't function or they lose speech. And you can see in a physical sense that it affects their whole body. So if the gift that God has put in you is not functioning, then the body itself, the entire body, then it suffers. But if all the gifts are functioning then the whole body is edified and functions to the glory of the Lord. Now these gifts, if you look at what we just read in verse 4, the Bible says that there are diversities of gifts. Now the word gift comes uh, just simply from the, in the Greek it comes from the word grace, charisma, charis, it comes from grace. It's the Holy Spirit that graces 
the body with the gifts of the Holy Ghost. He gives the Holy Spirit, graces the body of Christ with the gifts of the Spirit of God. Now, there's distinction in the gifts. In other words, there's a difference and there's diverse gifts. So we'll look at these gifts for a moment and we're going to pray tonight that those gifts would function. All the gifts, not, not just the, the gift of tongues, which I believe in uh, as an evidence of a baptism in the Holy Ghost, but that there's a function of all the gifts of the Spirit of God. How the body would flourish if all the gifts of the Holy Spirit were functioning in the body. It would be an amazing thing. It would be a wonderful thing. And I believe that that's what the purpose and the will of God is. Otherwise, he wouldn't have read it down in his word for us. So we see here the gifts of the Spirit. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 8 says these words. And you'll be familiar with these nine gifts. For for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. That's a revelation gift. A wisdom gift from heaven that God would bring a word of wisdom into the body of Christ to bring insight into someone or to give revelation into someone's life. The word of wisdom. How many people believe today that we need words of wisdom? Not not from the politicians or the earthly. We need a revelation from the throne. That's the wisdom of God, the wisdom that comes from above. And God says in his word that he would give us liberally if we would ask him. So here we see these gifts, revelation, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. This is another revelation gift. This word of knowledge is to give insight into the realms that most are unaware of, but that God would bring a word of knowledge into a life. Thank God for the word of knowledge. I thank God for the word of knowledge. I thank God that over the years that people have come and brought a word of knowledge and we test that with the word of God and the sense in our own spirit. But brothers and sisters, we need not only the wisdom that comes from above, but we need revelation and knowledge into our lives for our everyday life, for the body of Christ, for the church in Balnehenge. We need that revelation that comes from the Lord. Are these gifts functioning? That's the question I want you to ask the whole way through this. But at the end of it, I want you to ask, if they're not functioning, have have I a part to play in that? Not much point just saying, Pastor, the gifts aren't functioning. Are you functioning? That's the key. Not much point saying, Pastor, we need the gifts to function. We're praying that the gifts function. The key is, are you functioning? Is your gift operating? So here we have the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. And then we have to another. You'll see here, these are known as the power gifts. Faith. I mean, we need faith. The gift of faith. The believe, how many people believe we need the gift of faith? The gift of faith to believe for that which is absolutely impossible. We need people that believe, have the gift of faith to believe for that which is impossible. When all around us has fallen down and decay and the impossibilities that we face, brothers and sisters, more than ever before, 
in the body of Christ. I tell you what we need. We need men and women and young people and older people that function with the gift of faith and believe God. That's the reality. But we throw it out today, brothers and sisters, so many people don't function in faith at all. And so we need that faith, that gift that God gives. It's by the same Spirit to another. Then here's another power gift, if you like, the gift of healing. The gifts of healing, it says. The gifts of healing. This isn't just something that happens at the front of a church or in a prayer line. This is the gift of God that is given to the body of Christ. In other words, for those that believe, you shall lay hands on the... And what happens? So who is this for? It's for those that are believers. Have we got any believers? Is there any believers that actually believe this? And the gift of healing, the gifts of healing in that body awakened that you'll lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. This wasn't just for those that had uh, held an office or a particular uh, eldership or deacons, or but this was for the body of Christ. And so here's the gifts, the gifts of healing. Another power, power gift here in verse 10 to another is the working of miracles. Brothers and sisters, are we in the waters? Are we swimming in the reality and the revelation? I know we know it all. I know we have a knowledge of it. I know we have a theory of it. But is it not the day, surely? This is, is this not the day in which we need to see New Testament Christianity enacted in the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, and the working, the wonders of God? Like Philip going to Samaria and the miracles and the, and the reality and the power of God and they give heed to the, to the preaching of the gospel. Signs and wonders follow them that. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? So we need to see these power gifts. And then it talks about those speech gifts. Another prophecy. And how we need the prophetic I mean, I honestly want to say this, not in a cheap way, but most of what we have seen over the recent years has not been prophecy. It's just been pathetic. It's been men and their knowledge and in their own desires and their own senses and in trying to exercise something in the body of Christ that has caused dismay and discouragement and division and nonsense. It's light. There's no witness of the Holy Ghost. Self-appointed prophets and prophetesses. Brothers and sisters, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We need the reality of the gift of prophecy. And here's a very important one. It's another revelation gift. It's the discerning of Spirits, the discerning of spirits. What an hour, what a day, what a time. I mean, the church in a broader sense is absolutely ripe for deception and seducing spirits. Why? Because there is very little operation in the discerning of spirits. 
how we need this gift. Probably, I would say to you, we need them all, but this one in particular, how the church needs this gift. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. I believe this is the gift of tongues. I believe this is when a tongue is given, and then there is the interpretation of tongues, and how wonderful it is to be operating in the heavenly language, the spiritual language, the gift of tongues, and the operation of the tongues. There's nine gifts. Brothers and sisters, how we need an awakening and how we need to function. Remember, this is not something we earn. This is something He's earned for us through the cross. By the power of the Holy Ghost, when He comes by His grace, He gives these gifts to the body of Christ. To each of us, remember, has been given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Verse 11 says these words, But all these work as that one and that self-same Spirit. Now listen. Dividing to every man severally as he will. And that simply means that the Holy Spirit, He decides who to bestow the gift upon. Not a committee. Not a group of ministers. Not someone who just comes in and feels and gives this and all the rest of it. The Holy Spirit divides the gifts as He decides. It's God's business. As He decides on the body of Christ for the body and for the edifying of the body. We don't decide. We don't appoint who's got the gift. We don't decide who are the prophets and who are those in the gift. The Holy Spirit decides. And so it's important that He has complete control in the body. So we see the three categories, revelation, power, and speech. Then it says that there are differences of administrations. The diversity of administrations in the body, areas of serving, these are known as the ascension gifts. These are the gifts that when Christ ascended up, remember in Ephesians 4, if you turn over to Ephesians 4 again, and verse 11, we see these gifts are given into the body by the Lord Jesus Christ. So the gifts of the Spirit are divided by the Holy Spirit. These offices or these giftings are put into the body. These are the ascension gifts. This is what Jesus gave to the body. Ephesians 4 and verse 11, we know it as the fivefold ministry. So it says here that He gave some, remember, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And this is the purpose of the ascension gifts for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
how we need the function of the ascension administrations. There's differences. You know, a lot of people, and I hear this so often today, saying, listen, we're just all one. We are. Listen, there's no differences in the body. There is. There's differences in the body. Jesus set the order. Not man. I know there's a, an anti-leadership, anti-don't-have-a-pastor, don't-have-any-leadership, just do whatever you want. We'll do what's right in our own eyes. That's not how the Lord designed it. That's not how he had an order. And it's because we've come to a day where there's an antichrist spirit that's come into the church. Now, there's extremes in that, and we need a balance. I agree. But brothers and sisters, we want the fullness of what he wants for the body. Fivefold ministry, apostles, those that are sent, they come either with the word or they go with the word. And I believe that's a very unique ministry that's needed today. And I believe there are very unique individuals that function in that particular office as an apostle. There's probably few men that I've met that I would say are apostles. I know there's a lot of people tell us that they're apostles, but there's actually very few men that I could say in my life that I've met that I would say they're apostles. One of those men would be B.H. Clendenin. I believe he was an apostle. Another one of those men, I believe, would be the likes of uh, David Wilkerson. I believe these men were apostles. They were sent. They went to the body of Christ. They edified the body of Christ. They uh, encouraged the body of Christ worldwide. It's a very unique ministry. But we need apostles. And you know what they are? They're fathers in the faith. And we don't have many fathers in the faith. We don't have many men left that are standing strong for the truth of God's Word and are saying, this is the way. You walk in this way. There's a generation that we seem to have lost and across the denominational divides that were seen as apostolic in their nature, not in the denomination, but in their calling. But how we need apostles. How God wants to raise up apostles still today for the purpose of the body of Christ. And then... We go on just for time's sake. We see then there are some prophets. And again, how we need the prophet in the body of Christ. I know there's an awful lot of self-appointed prophets. You know, you, you don't put a badge on your collar and it says prophet. It's more than a badge on your lapel. It's more than just, I woke up one day, Lord, I know I'm a prophet. Listen, this is a very special ministry, a needed ministry, especially in the days of prophetic events. We need the office or the gifting or the administration, should I say, of the prophet. Some evangelists, those that are particularly gifted with not gift, it's a gift that's given to the body an evangelist that functions under the unction and the power of the Holy Ghost with the full gospel of Jesus Christ. The evangelist, how needed he is for the body. Pastors and teachers, all 
necessary and gifted to the body of Christ for a purpose. Can I tell you something about those five, those five, those five administrations in the body? None of them can function without the body. And the body can't function without them. Listen to me. An evangelist who wants to see souls one, who hasn't got a desire for the souls that are saved to be put into a local assembly, to be loved and encouraged and nourished by a pastor. Listen, the evangelist needs the body. A teacher needs the body. A prophet needs the body. A pastor needs a flock that he could shepherd and lead. Brothers and sisters, we need the body for all these gifts to function. So when people want to divide it and decimate it and pull it apart and, and meet and pull it away from where the assembly and together, that is against Scripture. It's not popular what I'm saying, but it is against God's Word. And so we see here that it's all to bring us to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want to talk just for those, and I believe this in this room, even tonight, that there are younger men than me that have a desire to follow the Lord and feel that there is a strong call upon their lives to fulfill the purpose of God, to serve God, and possibly one of the capacities that I've already mentioned. And our prayer is, praise the Lord. May God raise up young men that go out and young women with the gospel of Jesus Christ and are raised up as apostles. Is there, an, there could be an apostle, a young man who's going to be an apostle or a prophet or, or a pastor or a teacher or an evangelist that the call of God's on your life. But I want to say just a few things about that as we go because as that is the, 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 the gift that God would put in your life and the call. But what is crucial for that? And I want you to listen. And I'm not the expert by no means, but I just want to say a few things about it that's crucial for that calling, crucial for it, absolutely crucial, inseparable from that calling. These gifts require character. I want you to hear me because this is so important, and I want to encourage you in this. These giftings, these callings, they require character. Your character is more important than your gift. Your character is more important than your call. My character is more important than the function of a pastor. And that's not a title. It's a gift that God puts in the body. Your character is more important. What happens today is that people, and perhaps rightly, do have the call. But they're put into the position where they haven't developed in character. You know what happens? And it's happening all around us. What happens? And do you know what happens then? Everybody washes their hands and leaves them. And they're decimated. They're left in the devil's scrap heap. And they're just left there. Everyone walks away and leaves them. But brothers and sisters, character is critical, crucial, for the call of God and the giftings of God to function. The body needs to mature for the gifts to operate. Know what happens? Then we'll have a Corinth where they were carnal, where they couldn't receive meat, but they functioned in the supernatural gifts. And Paul said, I want you to be 
mature that I could give you meat, but I still have to feed the bottle. And then there's schisms, and I'm of Paul, and, and I'm of this one, and I'm part of this wee group, and this schism here, that's our group, and this schism, that's our group. It's immature, and it's carnal. So then God wants the body to mature, and with that maturity, when the gifts come, brothers and sisters, these four walls aren't going to hold what God would do. So here's the things, four things, and there could be more that others in here more mature in the faith than me could advise us on. But here's four things that I want you to focus on as God develops and works with you in your life. John chapter 13, verse 13. I believe this is the key. The first one is the key to everything. John 13, verse 13. Jesus is with his disciples. They're in a room. And Jesus rises from where he was resting. And he takes a basin and a tile. And what does he begin to do? He begins to wash their feet. For the calling of God, for the service of God, for the function in what God has purposed and called even people in this room. If we don't get this, what happens to that giftings is an arrogance will come in to that gifting, to that personality. If we can't learn what it is to serve the body, I'm not talking about being up here. I'm talking about serving the body. What it is, I know in practice some churches make this a, a ritual of actually doing the practice washing each other's feet as a demonstration of their servant to one of their servanthood to one another but this is crucial for ministry this is crucial if we can't serve each other right down in the basics right down in the in the menial tasks right down in the in the function of a wee church like this that has all so many ministries going on which is wonderful but if we're not able to get down into the nitty-gritty of everyday life and just serve one another in practical ways, in real ways. And, you know, I don't want to go through the list because it sounds then like, like a pastor's rant, but it's really not. Because if we can't, if we're above just doing the menial tasks, if it's below us, that's for someone else. I don't, I don't do that. You know, I don't, I don't do that. I don't, I don't clean up. I don't do any. I don't do anything of that because I'm above that. I have a calling on my life. If we can't get a basin of water and a towel and serve one another in the menial task, I want to tell you something. Just leave the call because what will happen is. When God, because the call and the gifts of God are without repentance, they're there. What happens then when, if and when God begins to use you, I tell you, there'll be an awful thing that will come into you that you're above all this and everything else is beneath you. And brothers and sisters, it is awful. Jesus said in John 13 and verse 13, Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, well, for so I am. 
If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Not only do I believe that the Lord was speaking in the context of that being literal, but I believe it's much more than that. It's a condition of someone's heart. That's what it's about. For I have given, here's the key verse, verse 15. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. We should follow him in what it is to serve. That we're not too big or too great or too high and mighty or too great in all the revelations of Scripture that we can't get on our knees and serve another brother or sister. This is key. I want to tell you, it's key. It's everything. Number two, the second thing about a man or a woman that feels the calling of God, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul, the older, writing to Timothy, the younger, instructing him what way to bring the work forward. And he said in 2 Timothy 2 and 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. This is what he says. The same commit thou to, what does he say? We just said out nice and loud. Committed to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Here's the second thing about a servant of God. That he's to be faithful. Faithful to the Lord. Faithful in his home. Faithful in his walk. Let me tell you something else. He's to be faithful in the body of Christ. So important. There's a faithfulness to the body of Christ. Remember, these gifts and callings don't function without a body. This is the body. And so he's instructed to commit the work what to Faithful men. Men that are faithful. Men that stand, that are perceived to be pillars in the church. Why? Because then other men will follow their example. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 4 and 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found what? What should he be found? Faithful. Faithful. These are, these are critical for those that are called to the ministry. Number three, here's one that's really going to get a few toes crushed, I think. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. But hey, when you're dead, you're dead. And if it does hurt, then you're not dead. But Hebrews 13, 17, so important, this one. This is another one that sort of the church has opened the window and shoved out into the alleyway. Hebrews 13 and 17. We don't like this. Obey them. Oh, we don't like. We teach our kids to obey, but when we're older, we don't have to. Remember the song O B E Y, obey your mum and dad. Remember that we song we taught all our kids. That that we song obey them that have the rule over you. And then it says, here's the key. Here's another one. And Here's, would you say this middle word here, and 
submit yourselves. Some people can't even say it. That's a tough one, isn't it? Do you know what's tough for all of us? Do you want to know why? Because we have a flesh life that does not want to submit. But see, if that life submitted to the cross, it's easy to submit to anybody. This is about the cross. This is what it's about. See, this is the revelation. People would go in their heart, well, they're not be submitting to him. Know what this is about? This is about a submission to the cross. This is about a submission to Jesus. That's what it shows. If you think that it's someone standing up here saying, you better submit to me. That's not what it's about. God places people, and if it was me or if it's someone else, in the body, pastors, leaders, to lead that flock. And there's a submission in that. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. See for the calling of God. See if there's no submitted life. See if there's no submission, godly submission. Let me tell you something. It's going to be a long, frustrated life. It's going to be tough. The Bible says that we're to obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Why? Why should you do it? Especially the Ulster man, we're mustered. We're the worst. I think we're the worst in the world at submitting. We have that mind. We have that rebellious spirit. This is why, for they watch for your souls. As they must listen, as they must. Listen, people forget this part. As they must give an account. Now, I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters, tonight, with all honesty, when I read those words, I can tell you right now, that fills me with a reverence. That fills me with an awe. And that fills me with the reality that one day I'll stand before the great shepherd and give an account of how I have dealt with every person that's looking up at me tonight. If you think that's a small thing, I don't. But the reason why there's a submission is that when we pastor the flock, that we do it with joy, not with grief, for that's not profitable for you. I'm going to be honest, my wife's sitting right in this front row. I can tell you that over the past nearly 15 years, there's been many times that I've pastored and it hasn't been with joy. And you can judge me, you can criticize me for that, but I tell you, folks, there's many times. You see, I'm just going to say this, but Sunday night comes and 8.30 comes, and everyone's gone out that door. I can tell you, any pastor that's worth his salt, any pastor that's worth his salt, will be going home and they'll be thinking about those sheep. Who was there? Who wasn't there? Who you discern? Mum will tell you to. Nicky will tell you. And you're thinking about that flock. You're concerned for them. Oh, just go to bed, brother. Just sleep. Don't worry about it. I'm going to tell you something. It isn't like that. It's not a job. 
It's not for the money. It's a calling. And for those that have a desire to come into the ministry, don't think for a second that this is a great idea because I'd be able to go to the pastor's meetings and have tea and scones. I don't. They'd make you depressed. It's because men would have a genuine concern that people, here's the one cry and desire, get going with God, live for Jesus, fall in love with the Lord, fulfill the purpose of God in your life, If it's here, praise the Lord. If you feel it somewhere else, praise the Lord. But wherever it is, do it. But do it with all your might. And do it unto the Lord. And serve the body of Christ. And fill your life with the joy of the Spirit of the Lord. And go on with God. That's what it's all about. And so number three is a life that's submitted. A life that's a servant. A life that is faithful. A life that is submitted. In Acts chapter 6 verse 3. This is crucial for the work of the Lord. Time's flying. Acts chapter 6, verse 3. And this is not the church we're instructed to look for, for those that were going to be appointed in ministry. Wherefore, brethren, Acts 6 and 3, look out among you seven men, here's another thing, of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, These are men that we'll appoint over the business. Do you know what that was for? That was for serving the tables. Think about it. That was for serving the tables, the menial tasks. No need for men to do that. They need to be honest, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Lord, would you fill us with the Holy Ghost for all the ministries and tasks that there are? So we see the differences of ministrations, the requirement, I believe there are just some of them, there could be more of the character or the integrity of the individual. And then it says the diversity of operations. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26, if you turn there, these effectual powers that are given into the body of Christ, diversities of operations, The effectual powers given into that body. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26. Paul writes, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let everything be done unto edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most three, and that by course, and let one. So Paul lays out an order for the gift of tongues, no more than three, two or three, and then that there is one that would interpret the tongue. If there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. So we see in the gifts, and this is important too because I think in some cases over the years, The reason why the gifts have been a fearful thing for so many is because of the abuse. There is an order in the body. There is an order in the function of the gifts and the operation of the gifts. Paul writes in verse 31, For ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and that all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets 
he says, are subject to the prophets. In other words, if you ever hear this in the body of Christ or in any Christian environment, I just needed to say it. I just couldn't be stopped. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's caused untold damage in the body of Christ. I just felt I needed to say it, so I just said it. No matter the cost, that's... Listen, the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophet. In other words, your gifting is subject to the function and to the authority of your will as you're subject to the Lord. How much damage has there been that somebody has said, I just need to say it, I couldn't help myself. If that's the way you are, you need to submit yourself to the cross. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So in other words, if it's chaos, it's not of the Lord. Prophesy is to speak under divine inspiration or to exercise the prophetic office. Discord, disunity, schisms. Brothers and sisters, we need to be so careful. The Bible says that all things be done decently and in order. And how we need to discern what the anointing is. Listen, what the anointing is. You get it everywhere. A while ago, I was walking down Main Street, Balnehinch, with Trevor. And uh, I think it was just Trevor and myself. It was a good couple of years ago. And there's a woman met us on the street coming out of a shop. And somehow or other, you know Trevor. Trevor talks to everybody. And we're heading down the Hollies. We don't do it very often, but it's the odd time we're normally working. And uh, we're going down for a cappuccino, and we're just taking a break. And this woman came out, and blah, blah, where are you from? All of a sudden, we're from the church up the road, blah, blah. You want to get my daughter in your church to sing for you? She's anointed. Brothers and sisters, listen. What is the anointing? Now, every time I pass that shop, Trevor stops in the middle of Main Street and he goes in Trevor style, anointed? I'll give you anointed. <laughs> and then, if you're ever there, he sings at the top of his voice in Main Street. No wonder they think we're mad. There's an awful lot of stuff under the bracket of anointed. Lord, how shallow and carnal we've become. The Bible says that a man's gift makes room for him. A man's gift makes room for him. He doesn't make room for his gift. He doesn't make room for his gift. The Lord makes room for the gift. How does this all happen? I'm coming to a close. These gifts, these callings, these administrations, these diversities, these, these differences in the body. There's differences in the body. But it's one body. It's the same spirit. And there's one Lord. 
and there's one faith, and there's one baptism, and there's one God over all, and in all, and through all. How does this happen? If we are evil, and it's not in the sense, and we know how to give good gifts to our kids, the Bible says, how much more shall our Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask? In Luke's account, he said this, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to them that ask? This is the Father, our Father, that we serve. He wants to give the gifts, the callings to the body of Christ. He's the God of the much more. Three scriptures I'll close with. To encourage us to pray. Ephesians 4.16, the Bible says, For whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplies. That means, listen to me, that means that every person who's saved in this room and in this body, this local assembly, has something to give. Would you say amen? That's what the Bible says. Every joint, what does it do? It supplies according to the factual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Here's two things that I believe are crucial for the operation of the gifts, the callings, everything of God. Number one, you'll not need to turn to it because I'd say we've quoted it that many times. It's Hebrews 11 and verse 6. And if you would say it with me tonight, this is what's crucial for the function of the gifts. But without faith, say it with me, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Here's the first thing. Tonight in our hearts, there has to be faith to believe because it's by grace. It's not earned. It's the Holy Spirit that decides and it is Christ that gives into the body. But it's by faith that they function. Number two, you believe in your heart. You believe in the gifts. You believe in the callings. You believe for the body. You believe for that. There's a second part of your faith that's required. Do you know what it is? It's obedience. You've got to obey God. You can sit with the faith and the call until the Lord comes. But if you don't obey, the gift just sits dormant. Acts 5 and 32. We are the witness of these things. So is the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him. How do we need the Holy Ghost? He's here. He's not away over there. The Holy Ghost is here. The gifts and the callings of God are given by the Holy Spirit without repentance into the body of Christ. We need faith to rise, stir the gift. But not only that, brothers and sisters, we need to obey. We need to step into it. We need to obey the Lord. May God furnish the body with the gifts, the callings, and with the fullness of Christ, that we would all grow together.
And may there be the full function of all the gifts and all the administrations and all the servanthoods in the body of Christ for the body, for the edifying, and for the glory of the Lord. We need filled afresh with the Holy Ghost. We need to pray that God would stir our body, this body, and awaken it, and the giftings and the callings of God. Every person, listen to me, listen, so important, every person that's saved has a part to play. Every person. Play your part. Be part of what God's doing. May the rivers flow. May God be glorified among us. Let's pray together. Amen. Father, tonight we just ask as we come to time of prayer, Lord, as we've turned to your word, we see your purpose, your call, your plan. You're the master plan for your bride, for your church, for the body of Christ. We ask tonight for everyone that's saved and has the spirit of the Lord. Lord, that you would awaken and stir the gifting of God. Lord, we pray even for those gifts that lay dormant or those that have not yet, Lord, been uh, revealed. Lord, even tonight, Lord, we pray that you would bring a revelation to hearts and to lives and the men and the women and the young people and the callings and the purposes and the plans of God. Lord, we'd not limit the Holy One of Israel, but Lord, we'd move in the fullness of what you have for us as a church. Lord, would you anoint this tonight? Even in the place of prayer, we ask, Lord, would you stir our hearts? Would you stir the giftings? Lord, would you awaken us, Lord? May we not fall into the flesh and into the carnality, Lord, and into the mind of man, Lord. But, Lord, we pray you'd awaken and that the rivers of life, Lord, would flow, Lord, in this place tonight. Be glorified among us and anoint us to pray. Anoint the next one to pray, Lord. May we rise together as one man, as a body, Lord, to believe God together for, Lord, what you desire to do among us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord.